Hi, everybody. This is Chris Sarandon. Welcome to Fright Night Minute for real. Welcome to Fright Night. <laughs> Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie, Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. And we want to welcome back on this Friday, Matt Mortensen from the Fun V Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for having me back, and I am excited to wrap up the week with this minute. TGIF. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, this movie takes place back in 85, and we are now on minute 85 of Fright Night. It begins with Jerry in such a peachy mood and ends with the cowardly lion getting the noise. Yes, we have Jerry just happily skipping down a few steps, and then he stops. And so we go up, back up to the bedroom, and Charlie turns Amy over and sees that her eyes are black, and she's now sporting fangs. Now, we've talked a bit in the past about these contact lenses, um, you know, repeating it for the bleachers in the back, that these contact lenses were made out of hard plastic. They were hand-painted. Um, they were, you know, some glitter was thrown in. They were lacquered. They were sanded. And they were really painful to wear. The cast could only wear them for, like, 20 minutes at a time. Um, they couldn't see through them. Um, they were really thick and painful and dried out their eyes. Specifically for this scene, I will say uh, three sets were made for Amanda Bierce, uh, but one of them caused her agonizing pain, which she initially tried to endure. When it finally became too much to bear, she took the contacts out, and the crew realized they forgot to buff these these pair. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Scratch cornea pain. Ouch. <laughs> so luckily she's not blind. <laughs> yeah. After this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But here we go. Charlie lets out the second best no in an <laughs> 80s movie, I would say. Uh, only beaten by Luke Skywalker himself in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I don't know. Who really uh, kisses his sister? Oh, what, 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 what? <laughs> no, that's the audience. <laughs> I, I sort of like the Back to the Future. No, you bastards. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Like, yeah I really like true. that, but okay. But just a full throated no. Yeah. You know what disturbs me the most about this scene is Charlie discovers that Amy has fangs, and the first thing he does is lift her up to his neck. <laughs> uh, yeah. What an that's, asshole. That, I mean, that's a rookie mistake, uh, but he needed to get the rules earlier from his buddy Ed, so, I mean, he doesn't know, apparently. Oh, he didn't specifically ask about that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, could have been bitten anywhere. But, you know, you gave us the behind the scenes. And I will tell you, when I'm looking at this minute in front of the scenes with these uh, contacts and these fangs, all I can think is va 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 voom. <laughs> in this new design, this new sh- lighting and, uh, and special effects, because wow, it's uh-huh. working for you, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's all uh, wet down. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she's looking good. Uh, yeah, this ain't no Aunt Aunt uh, Aunt Marcy here. This is uh, <laughs> this is something else. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say my favorite part of the scene, of course, is we go back to Jerry downstairs, and it feels like he just heard like his favorite sound in the world, and that's <laughs> Charlie's anguish. <laughs> Yeah, and what about what about that cut from that little delightful uh, eyebrow-raising smile on Jerry to that eyebrow uh, furrowing, um, you know, grimace on uh, on our hero Roddy McDowell? Yeah, I mean, it's a great cut right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny though. I mean, he leans down and pulls the steak out, which I don't know. To me, I think. I think I would have probably left it there. Uh, he he needs a weapon, but he's got several more upstairs. I mean, if they all broke in that that shape, right? Oh, you guys are you, you mean you're really burying the lead here? He, <laughs> he he pulled that stake out. I mean, we talked earlier about Bram Stoker and the rules of Dracula and vampires. You pull that stake out, and that vampire comes back to life. So yeah, yeah, yeah I he's mean, taking a big chance. This is a huge chance, and this is why earlier I said, in, in a different minute, I said, is he really dead, guys? Because, <laughs> you know, I forget what story, I don't know if it was Bram Stoker's, but, uh, you know, an earlier version of either, uh, you know, a, a, a film or a, a literature version, you know, uh, the hero needs a weapon, and he pulls the stake out of uh, Bram, or out of uh, Dracula, and that is what causes Dracula to come back to life, because... Traditionally, you stake the vampire to the ground and then you bury him in his coffin with that stake in his soil right. in the coffin. Yeah. And then you pull it out and it, it, there's it, it, all, all rules. I mean, the game the game begins again, right? I mean, do you guys know these rules? Or am uh, I yeah. Gonna... yeah, yeah. Well, I, I actually, I, I got to ask Evil Ed about them. I don't really know. <laughs> no, no. I, the, he really is. It, it is. It is. Probably not not the wisest decision to to do this, but uh, I don't know. Um, I think there was uh, there was some fanfic, uh, like or at least some uh, some people hoping that it, when the second one came out, that that this scene here meant that Ed would come back. Well, there's something that happens at the end. I know that, and I know there are comics as well. I don't know the end. I've only seen this minute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> if he did wake up, I would imagine the first thing he would say is. Honey, where are my pants? Glenn <laughs> hasn't seen the Lego movie. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, also, uh, speaking of where, like, uh, where, where's Peter's box? Uh, <laughs> it, it, again, full arsenal of weapons that he uh, hefted over uh, here. But, uh, yeah, actually, um, now that I think about it, he did drop it in the... Uh, the foyer of the Brewster, not the Brewster, the Danger Chest. Yeah. Yeah. Before they went up the stairs. Hey, you know, all you guys are doing right now is trying to talk around the fact that Stephen Jeffries has a really nice hiney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny because uh, Len is sitting here trying not to crack up while I'm talking because he's just going back and forth. <laughs> Peter pulls out the steak. Peter sticks back in the steak. Yeah, Peter... <laughs> it looks like he's just being oh my God. relentlessly <laughs> mutilated. This poor teenager's the audition tape we didn't know existed. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I don't. I, you know, I'm sure. I don't know. It's probably not a body double, right? No, it's, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It might be. Who knows? Oh, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm going to say this. I doubt it. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, that's I, him. I think so too. So Peter now pulling the stake out walks out the door, 
leaving this dead body for Judy Brewster to yeah. come home to. <laughs> uh, but he's got business uh, to do. He, he walks out and he marches across the driveway. And, uh, uh, yeah, the wind starts howling. And uh, I do wonder if uh, some of the uh, the chill in the air is real because uh, this out- exterior stuff was shot at the end of December. Uh, I mean... It was in L.A., so <laughs> I don't know how cold it was, but... Um, well, cold enough for Californians, yeah, for sure. Uh, it, and he's got resolve. He's got determination on his face. The Dandridge house is looking at its very scariest. It, it is. is covered in smoke. It, lo- it looks like there are, like, four smoke machines mounted on the roof. There's yeah. an ethereal glow coming from within, like a greenish glow. Yeah, the house light. is literally saying, come at me, brah. Yeah, my, my, my note says, "What is the basis in this movie for this smoking house? <laughs> I mean, where is it coming from? It's evil. <laughs> it's yeah. it's got to be just evil generates fog yeah. and evil's a chain smoking machine. Apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the look, on, the look on his face is just like, oh my god, I guess I'm gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be kidding me. That's what I wrote down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah." Then he holds his uh, bloody steak up, which is just looks like a large crayon at this point, and uh, looks at it, shakes it, and advanced. I, I yeah, I killed a were vampire teenager. I, I can I can do this. Yeah, I got this. <laughs> I got this. So uh, yeah, he's got his noiv. He's got his noiv back. Uh, <laughs> I was the king of the fighters. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is really the point where uh where I think like you said earlier he's no longer fiction. He is uh he's monster hunter extraordinaire in the real world. Yeah, he's not acting anymore. And he he can't. He's he's got two teenagers. He just lost one teenager. This teenager is dead. Yeah. Now he's got two that he probably feels pretty responsible for since he is the adult, you know. Um to to say yep. two 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 yep. sweet innocent people. Mm. Um, yeah, that I mean, that's a sort of a, a, a kind of a good point to transition. Our minute ends there, and I and yeah. I was you're talking about teenagers, and 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 I we were talking about a little bit before recording that I don't like to call this movie a comedy horror. I I like more I like the term kid danger movie because this is you know it's a teenager who's a little bit later and he's trying to get with his girlfriend and it's not exactly a ten year old uh, like in other movies, but it is it is it is in that genre of kid danger. It's like it's like there are, there's a danger that the kid reports to an adult. The adult says you're crazy. And now the kid has to fight it. And, and I think that is something that we've largely lost from the eighties. I, I would name like this movie, silver bullet, Goonies, monster squad, uh, it, you know, the TV series, mm-hmm. uh, and the book and a lot of, a lot of Stephen King, you know, we, we kind of have super a and stranger things in the two thousands, two thousand teens. Again, throwbacks it, to the 80s. <laughs> than, yeah, those are just throwbacks, throwbacks yeah. to the 80s, right? Those are just throwbacks. So so I'm curious what you guys, what your take is on on this, because I think that a lot of why we like these movies is because back then we were kids and, you know, we were sort of thrust in the role of responsibility and it, and it, it had a different power. Uh, all of its own. I think you nailed it. I think after all this time, I, I've called this movie horror-comedy or horror-comedy, and knowing, though, that that's not quite right. Because really, horror-comedy would be like Shaun of the Dead mm. or What We Do in the Shadows. This movie doesn't really fit into that. It fits into Kid Danger. You're absolutely fucking right. You, you smoked it. And I 
also miss that. A lot of people do, right? That is why Stranger Things, it's not just the nostalgic of seeing 80s t-shirts and posters on the wall. That's all fine and cool, but it's kid danger. Home Alone, even though that's yeah. you know early 90s, that, that, is, a, that is something we're, we're lacking in, in movies these days. I think what does feed into that is there are no phones. There are no cell phones. Oh yeah, that's a big deal. Yep. Yeah. When you when you have the 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 kind of the story trope of you gotta believe me and nobody believes you, where you could literally pull a little device out and just start filming anytime you want, right. call people whenever you want. Yeah. Uh, it takes it takes that danger away. There's no way you have for, to write around those things. It makes yeah. it harder. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly there's no signal, or suddenly they, the phone is broken or taken. Right. So, well, I you know. Maybe people uh, need to explore that further. I mean, in the 80s, also, if there was a killer on the loose, no car ever fucking started. So, you know, why, why can't cell phones or cell service be down for whatever yeah. reason? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's ways right. around it. But, but it is, you're, you're, you're both correct. Mm. We don't have it anymore. And you're, you're right. Cell phones kind of kill that. Yeah, yeah one I think th- it's definitely a part of it. I don't know if it's yeah. all of it, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah, no, I was just gonna say one. I mean, one of the other parts, if you look at the the, the flip side, is that. In these movies, kids kids were often dangerous. Like I watched Stand by Me recently. Mm. You know, you could also talk about Lost Boys, right? Mm-hmm. The, the teenagers in these movies, and and they were both Keith Kiefer Sutherland. I mean, <laughs> they they were real dickhead asshole switchblade wielding dangerous kids. And when you're a kid, you feel like the world is that dangerous, right? And and nowadays it's like, oh, let's um, you know, let's make a movie called Goosebumps, and we'll have Jack Black, and you know, we'll have these you know pop popcorn kids who really are just kind of there to, you know, say one-liners and they don't really, there isn't the full robustness of, of teenage, you know, teenage kids or, or, or tweenagers, you know, I mean, it just seems like, like Stephen King and, and Steven Spielberg, they both really had what it was like to be a kid growing up in not an ultimately privileged kind of setting. They, they really nailed that and that conveyed on the screen. And, and yeah. only movies that try to pay homage to that really kind of recover some of that. But otherwise, we've lost it. Yeah, agreed. It's funny. I was trying to think of a recent horror movie that, um, you know, fil- that fit the bill while still being something as recent. And I immediately thought of scary stories to tell in the dark. Right. And I realized that's not set in the, in the, in the uh, it, today's date. It's set back in the 60s, I think. Right. Yeah, 70s. 60s or 70s. But even that, those kids mm. were cookie cutter and they weren't really, there was a couple bullies. Yeah. But, but they weren't, you didn't have a mouth character who swore a bunch. You didn't have, right? Yeah, you could definitely get away with yeah. a lot. Well, you know, I mean, I just to wrap it back into this movie, I, I think that, uh, you know, our teenage hero here, Charlie Brewster, I mean, he's really, he's acting like a kid you'd think his age would act. And, and I'm not, I'm not sure that kids have changed so much as the way we portray them in movies have changed. And I think it's for the worse. So that, that's my final take on it. <laughs> well, I, you know, I do like that Charlie does go through the motions. He tries reaching out for help. He tries to tell people. He tries to tell his mother. He gets the cops involved. Nobody believes him. It turns yeah. out that, you know, and when Amy is taken, he realizes that it's, it's up to him. Even Peter turns him down and says he can't do it. And Charlie's just like, I have, I mean, it, it's either I save Amy or I just, th- this is, you know, that's right. that's it. Like, I will regret this the rest of my life. Uh, this the killer will keep killing innocent people. Uh, so in a way, you know, Charlie's a, Charlie's a great, great hero uh, for, for, for a young teen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if we have anything else to talk about. We can, we can wrap this up. 
Uh, Matt, thank you very much for uh, guesting all this week. You've been an awesome guest. Again, a last-minute guest, folks. So uh, definitely want to <laughs> give a little clap, golf yeah. clap for you, Matt. Uh, do you want to uh, let people know again where they can find you out there on the interwebs? Yeah, uh, it was. I will say it was a great pleasure to come on last minute and uh, and help and you help you guys out and discuss this great movie. Rather than saying where you can find me uh, on on the internet, I would I would put a plug in for the Monster Squad movie because it's kind of like this, uh-huh. and I want everyone to know that there are other kid danger movies out there from very much the same time period, and some of them are you know just unheralded and they they're it's a real big shame so check that movie out and and there's a new movie called uh wolfman's got nards that's a documentary about it and it's coming to alamo draft houses around you so go check that out and i will be going to uh denver colorado next month to see it myself so uh yeah yeah. i'd love to see that yeah. Uh, again, Monster Squad, man, it, you know, uh, is definitely one of the inspirations that got me going for uh, creating this podcast. So uh, definitely a shout out to them as well. Um, you know, speaking of shout outs, uh, we want to shout out uh, since it's Friday. We definitely want to shout out to the guys behind the movies by a minute's phenomenon. Uh, Alex and Pete from Star Wars Minute. Also, if you want to find more podcasts that cover movies minute by minute, please visit moviesbyminutes.com. And as for us, uh, let's put a stake in this week. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Men. Send your feedback to FrightNightMinute at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Teddy Duchamp. And I'm Matt. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a fright night, everybody. See you next week. He's a vampire. A what? <laughs> <laughs> You're so cool, Brewster!